Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Kim Davis. It's great to be back with you. It took last week off for the 4th of July. I figured you guys were all out doing something really fun and cool. I, of course, went to the Astros game. Uh, they were hosting a they were hosting a homestand before they took a break for the All Star uh, break, if you will. And so I uh, hope you guys had a good time. Missed you guys. Hope you've still been following following me on the other social platforms. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Super excited that you've decided to join me today. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of interviews. Uh, previous interviews. I'm going to let you guys hear a little bit from Dr. Ian Smith. He was on with us about a month ago talking about just the whole eating health diet world because I've gotten a lot of people asking about that. And so I'm going to play a little bit of that. And then I'm going to play an interview that I did with Reggie Jackson. I don't think it was last World Series. It may have been the one before, but you know he is a special assistant to the owner of the Houston Astros, to Jim Crane. So I got a chance to visit with the Reggie Jackson. I'm going to play that interview for you as well. As And we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening at Wimbledon. Um, hit, the, hit the start of the show a little bit late today because I was watching the, the women's match. Uh, the number one player in the world got knocked off. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the young man from... Georgia Tech, the one American that's still standing who has advanced to the semifinals. So much cool stuff to talk about. But first, as always, we want to give a shout out to the people who help us do this show each and every week. We um, want to make sure that you know about our good friends over at I Love Jinka. You've heard me talk about them for the past few years. And I'm encouraging you to go to their website and check out their products or go into any HEB and the capsules are all over um, HEB all of the HEBs that have a healthy living uh, section. So if you're in Houston, you know, you can go to any of those HEBs. And if you're in other parts of the state, you can look and see if your HEB has a healthy living department. If it does, you'll be able to get Jinka. And here's where you find it. Here at HEB in the healthy living department, the probiotics, you can find Jinka seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. I want you to remember to go by Sunshines. There are two locations in Houston. My products are at the one near um, the medical center on Old Spanish Trail. If you want to get Kimmy treats, the vegan popcorn, I just replenish the Kimmy bars. They were completely out. So you can go there and get the Kimmy bars and they have, uh, we've replenished the body butter. Everything's there. So go check out Sunshines and pick up your Kimmy treats today, or you can always order them online at the website, kimmytreats.com. And remember, if you order the body butter this time of year and you have it shipped, it will more than likely be melted when it arrives because of the heat. You just put it in the refrigerator. It'll, you know, reconstitute, reformulize, and then, you know, you can enjoy it that way. But here's what you can expect when you go to Sunshines or if you go to the website. So there are three flavors of the popcorn. There's vegan truffle, there's vegan ghost pepper, and there's vegan chili pepper. 
chili cheese and of course the body butter. We've got new packaging for the body butter. I may show that to you later in the show if I uh, don't forget to do that. There's just so much exciting stuff to talk about. And of course, um, I want to make sure we give a shout out to our good friends over at Champ. Uh, they are a nonprofit organization that provides services and support and resources for veterans. And so um, while it appears that there are many in our government uh, politicians who do not support our veterans, we certainly do. And we are so glad for an organization like CHAMP. So you can find out more about CHAMP at their website. I'll post that for you uh, in the comments. And if you see someone in crisis, right? We always talk about that. We, we know that most people dial the number um, 911, <clears throat> but, and, and, and you know, 911 is still a very valid number. But if you see someone in crisis, having a mental crisis, if you're concerned about someone who has, um, some behavioral mental health issues or is having a mental health crisis, the number to dial is 988. The number to dial is 988. It's available. There's help available. There are counselors. There's support available 24, I mean, um, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the year. So we encourage you to, um, Keep that number in your Rolodex. It's different from 911. We want to send the right people if you see someone having a mental health crisis or it needs some behavioral health support. Call 988 so that the right people can show up who are qualified and equipped to help with that crisis. Thanks to our good friends, uh, Sam and uh, Kayla Alex over at Champs for um, the work that they do and you know, just for being a part of the Chalk Talk family. I appreciate them. And more importantly, I appreciate just the amazing work they do. You can you can find out more about CHAMP at www.champ.vet. I'm going to put that as well as the phone number. I'm going to drop it in the comments because I want to make sure that you guys know how to reach them. Uh, they're doing amazing work. And so... <clears throat> Let me pin it so that everyone can see it. Uh, make sure you reach out and support CHAMP if you need help or if you want to support the work they do. Again, our veterans are really important and don't always get the support that they deserve. CHAMPS is an organization doing the work, so I encourage you to reach out to CHAMPS. Okay, so um, welcome back. Uh, want to say hello. Let me hop in the comments. I see... Hey, Steel Poet, uh, it's good to see you. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being a part of the show. Hello, Josephine, Josie. I'm glad that you had a safe trip and that you are back from your vacation. I cannot wait to hear all about it. I have been watching. Uh, I've been checking out the pictures that you've been posting online. So um, good for you for getting out of town and spending some time with your family. And great for making it back and, and getting back safely. So welcome back, welcome back. So listen, on this week's show, I wanted to talk about a number of things. You know, there's so much happening. The Houston um, Rockets are out in Vegas. Um, I wanted to pull up just a few things that are happening at the, you know, the, the rookies and the second year players are there. And, um, you know, we talked about during the really postseason, right when the season ended, offseason, you know, we talked about how Jabari Smith Jr., last year's 
first their their first their number one pick last year, the Rockets pick last year, and Tyree Eason, who I thought um, we thought both have a lot of upside to what they can do, and so they are both performing well in the summer league. Uh, Smith averaged 35 and a half points, seven rebounds and four assists. That is Jabari Smith Jr. Over the first two games, Tari Eason averaged 23 points, nine and a half rebounds and four assists. So listen, it's summer league. They're playing light competition, but the fact that they are continuing to grow and do the work is exciting. Of course, the, the Rockets top pick this year, Amin Thompson got hurt. He is not, uh, I think it was a, it was an, an ankle. It was definitely a, a lower extremity of ankle or a foot injury. He's not going to play anymore in the summer league and we'll see how long he's, how long he's going to be out. The other thing that's happened is the, the Rockets have officially made some additions to their team. They have acquired Dylan Brooks. Um, I think they had acquired, uh, Fred Van Fleet, the last time we were here together, it was two weeks ago. I'm not sure, but Fred Van Fleet was the, the top free agent that they signed this offseason. And speaking of rookies, um, Cam Whitmore, the rookie out of Villanova, who they was they selected with the 20th pick in the first round, a guy that I guess you could say slid to the Rockets, which was great for the Rockets because they were trying to figure out how they could trade up to get him and he was still available and on the board. And so they, they drafted him. He apparently is, um, you know, his debut wasn't great, but apparently his second, um, his second outing was, he was, he seemed much more composed. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Kelly Eco, who you've seen on the show before. He is the Houston Rockets beat writer for the athletic. And he talked about his off ball cutting um, being something to watch as the games continue. So it's good to see that the Rockets' young players are doing well and um, preparing for what will, before we know it, will be training camp in the fall. So I wanted to share that. Speaking of Cam Whitmore, um, did get a chance to talk with his parents. The last time we were together, I'll let you hear from his mother. And today I'm going to let you hear from his father, Myron, who was there the day after the draft or the couple of days after the draft when the, the Rockets introduced their rookies to the local media. And this is... Um, Cam Whitmore's father, Myron, you know, Cam Whitmore had worked out in Houston, you know, getting ready for the, um, the, the pre-draft combine and for the draft. So he's, he's familiar with Houston and his father, although some are like, oh my gosh, he, he slipped, he, he, he fell in the draft in terms of the number. What happened? We're going to talk about what may have happened, some things I've been reading from research. But here's Cam's father, Myron, um, talking about his son and the fact that he landed in what he thinks is the best place for him. You know, it's funny because right before the draft, we kind of talked about, you know, what will be the best for him. And so he and his mom was having a conversation. And the first thing we thought about was that, you know, him having needing stability with him already being in Houston, right, for over the for past month. With the fact that his agent is here, um, his, his trainer Aaron Miller is here. He's been working out for the past month. I was seeing some videos of him working out with Aaron Miller, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is great. You know, he was already changing some things in regards to his game and working on a lot of things that he needed to work on. So I was like, you know, well, why not just stay here? So we just kind of turned the temporary position into a permanent position. Perfect. 
worked out, right? That worked out. They turned a temporary position into a permanent position, and um, the Houston Rockets are excited to have Cam Whitmore. He's excited to still be in Houston. I'm trying to remove this from the screen. There we go. So that I can, uh, there we go. So um, I'll put it back up later, but it is in the comments about Champ how you can reach champ so that you can support the organization. Or if you know a veteran that needs support, resources, um, services, contact champ, and you can check out their website at www.champchamp.vet. You can check out uh, champ and get information there. The phone number is 832-228-8. Wait, let me try this again. I don't have the numbers of 832-228-3451, but it's in the comments. So you can call, you can send an email info at champ.vet, or you can go to the website to get more information. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I mentioned the Houston Rockets, you know, they are, you know, we'll, we'll, they're working through summer league. I got a chance to see Gretchen Ashir, the team, uh, uh, the president of business operations was, at a, an event, uh, a conference. I was at a restaurant show this weekend. The, the Texas restaurant show was held in Houston. So I spent a couple of days over there. I have a I have one client that is a, is a restaurant owner. And, and you know, I, I have my, my products. And I thought if the restaurant association, the Texas Restaurant Association is going to be in town with information and training and, and education, I need to be there. So I was there, Gretchen was there, speaking on a panel about women in leadership. Um, and so she was headed out to Summer League uh, on yesterday. So I got a chance to see Gretchen a little bit on Sunday. Um, so yeah, the Rockets are getting ready, moving forward and, and, and chugging along. But I wanted to talk a little bit about just some of the things that have been happening in the news lately, before I let you hear from Dr. Ian again and let you hear from Reggie Jackson, you know, the Supreme Court uh, rulings, decisions that have come down recently have been really monumental, you know. And so on this program, I never talk about who you should support. I often, I always say you should be registered to vote. I encourage you to be registered. And then I encourage you to be educated, to educate yourself about the issues about the policies and about the people so that you can make the best decisions for you and your family. But I will say this, the, the Supreme Court decisions of late have me have really concerned me. I feel very impacted by it, right? I feel as though the rulings that the Supreme Court have made as it relates to affirmative action on the collegiate level, I know that that is just a start. I see them trying to inch. I see uh, Congress and, and some, some political officials, I hate to call them leaders because I think a leader is somebody who really does lead. It doesn't matter about the party. So I'm just going to call them some politicians. I'm not going to call them leaders, but some politicians who are really looking to build on some of the, the rights that have been taken from, you know, those of us who are American citizens, from people who live and work in, in this country. And so I, I, I feel very, it's very personal for me. And, you know, I heard the question asked, well, affirmative action has been in place, you know, for what, you know, 40 or 50 years, you know, how long should it take? I don't know, 400? I mean, let's, you know, if you want a number, I'll go with 400. Let's start there. Anything less than that, you know, it is not about 
um, you know, African-Americans or Latinos or anybody else having access, although these particular rollbacks are seem very targeted at African-Americans, but it really becomes all of us. I feel like they're trying to send us back to the 60s and 70s, and I'm not okay with that, right? I'm not interested in doing that. I think that we, you know, it's clear that we've, we've made a, a journey to get here and we should be moving forward. But now this floodgate is open and, and that's really what's kind of happening. So um, here's what I say. I'm still going to encourage you to vote. I'm going to encourage you to be registered and I'm going to encourage you to be informed. Don't take it from me. I'm telling you how I feel about the recent Supreme Court rulings, even the ones as it relates to what's happening with the, uh, the LGBT community. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a part of the community or not. We, all of us about human rights. And when we stop caring about other people, whether they look like us or not, we've got a problem. And that's what I see. Started with women, Roe versus Wade, a huge issue. I think that was an awful, awful ruling. I say, if you don't believe in abortion, don't get one. But how dare you say that a woman doesn't get to decide what she gets to do with her body? That is not okay to me. And so I know that the only answer is to one, not feel hopeless because we're not, and to not feel helpless. The power still remains with the people if the people take advantage of it. And so that is my call to action to you is to not only be registered to vote, be informed, but here's the other part of it. And I say this too, make sure that the people who work for you, because politicians work for the people, let them hear from you. Things that you like, things that you don't like, even if it's not somebody you supported, even if you think, well, they don't share my view, it doesn't matter. They still work for the people. And I think that that's been forgotten over the years, that the power will remain with the people as long as the people do the work. And so that's my encouragement for you today is to, um, that's how you take the power back, not to be uh, helpless, hopeless, or really angry, but to be active and to be strategic. And, and that's the process that we should be. That's what we should be doing. I'm going to encourage you to do that and have you and, 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 and ask you to encourage others to do it, right? You know, um, whether you're concerned about gun violence, whether you're concerned about potholes in your street, trash pickup, the water not being great, whatever the things concern you, climate control, climate change, it all has to do with the people who are paid to work for us. And as long as we keep that mindset and understand that order, I will be okay. The other thing I wanted to, to, to talk about for a quick moment before I let you hear from, hey, good morning, Carolyn. Good morning, Mignon. I'm sorry I didn't see you guys. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you on the show. Um, haven't seen you in a while. Good morning, my friend, Pamela. Uh, talk about mindset. She has mastered how to work with the right mindset and is teaching other people how to do it. It's good to see you, my friend. Hello, Joe McGinty. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. And hello, Sylvia, my sister. So, um, you know, communications is my jam. It's what I do. It's not just the show. It's what I train. It's what I teach. It's what I do in my world of consulting. Effective communications is a part, is necessary in any relationship, whether you have a business, if you're talking about in your family, you know, um, you're talking about in your community, wherever it is, effective communication is important. And so what I have been noticing is, and, I, and I'm, I'm hypersensitive to it because it's, 
it's my area. It's like sports, right? It's what I know. It's what I do. And I just am going to encourage you to really give some thought to how you what you're communicating and how you're communicating, right? And I'm going to encourage you, and it's tough to sometimes take some of the personality out of it because we, you know, we say, well, it's not business, it's, it's not personal, it's business. Well, if it's your business, it's personal. It's always going to be personal. So I appreciate that and I understand that. It's not about whether you're right or wrong. It's about how do I get to the results that I'm trying to get to, right? So, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a potential client and this happens often, you know, I'll meet with someone, they may say, Hey, we're interested in working with you. We start having conversations. Um, one of the things I had to get better about is to not, uh, spend so much time with people or businesses in the, they want to talk about it. You know, they're thinking about it. They're going to meet. And so I'm like, am I communicating that it's okay to waste my time? to spend months and months talking about, oh yeah, let's meet. And then you don't do your part, which is to just show up. Then I look at, well, what am I communicating? Have I set the route boundaries as a business owner about the process? So then I have to change some things that I do because I have to, I got to effectively communicate to a potential client. Of course we can meet. Tell me what it is that you're looking for. Let me tell you how I can help. And then I've got to move on. Give them the time and space to do it. Balance following up, you know, without being intrusive, but not, not, not being invested in what they're doing because, oh, I know I could really help them. That's not me being effective on my end, right? And so those are things that I still learn. But the other thing that I see from uh, a few clients that I work with is when situations aren't, you know, they, they deteriorate and it gets really difficult. And I totally understand it. And you can't help but want to express this is not okay, you know, to either the partner they're working with or whoever they're doing business with. You, you want to say it, you want it because it's, it's not okay. And oftentimes the things that I see happening, people are getting the short end of the stick. They're not being treated professionally. All of those things are very, very true. And this is difficult when it's happening to you to step back and say, but I've got to communicate in a way that although those people are wrong and how they're handling me or handling this piece, I've got to communicate in a way that's beneficial. What is my desired outcome? If the desired outcome is one, I still want to do business with this, with this company, with this entity, with this person, then how do I communicate in a way that doesn't jeopardize that, but, it's, but, but gives um, some power to my situation? And that takes work. And it takes a strategy and it takes some real thought. And so I just encourage you to take a moment, take a breath, ask somebody for help to bounce it off of if you need to, but think about it because when we say something, we put it out there, we cannot get it back. And so we don't want to say or do things that are going to damage our business, or our brand, our personal relationships our business relationships, our potential relationships, because we we allowed our emotions that are justified, right? This is not about your emotions not being justified. We allowed our emotions to, to take the lead. And so I see that happening in so many situations. And let me tell you, I'm going to give you an example. 
it almost got me last week. I had a, I guess what I would call a near Karen experience. Maybe it was a Karen experience. And I had to reel it in because it could have been very easy for me to be like, whoa. So here's what happened in a nutshell. I go into the grocery store. I had two items. So I was in the the line. I was walking into the self-checkout line. And this woman runs in front of me. So I had to, whoa, kind of stop so that I wouldn't bump into her. She turns around and she yells, there are two other, there's two registers open. Sometimes looking like, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know this woman. This is, I've never seen her before in my life. And she says, I said, I don't, I don't need any help with registers. You know, I, you know. And she said, well, I mean, you're just, if you're going to be traumatic about it. And I was like, excuse me? And she goes, it's all over your face. I said, do I know you? Because I'm still kind of stunned. Like, like, how do you know what trauma looks like on me? Do I know this woman? Do I know you? Anyway, so she's continuing to yell. I don't do yelling. My family will tell you. My mother would tell you. I had a boss I worked for, a, a news director in New Orleans who used to yell all the time at people. She knew I don't do the yelling thing. It's, it's not my thing. I'm not yelling at you. Don't yell at me. And this is a stranger. So now people are all looking. I was like, okay. Um, so then she goes on to her, the other little register. So I start you know, checking out. So one of the HEB, I was an HEB, one of the attendants came over and said, did she say something to you? I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know somewhere. It's, it's all good. She yells from the other end of the little area, don't be talking about me. And I said, ma'am, ma'am, this is exactly what I said. And then she's, she's continuing to yell. People are looking. And in that very moment, so I'm going to tell you what I did. I had to call on Jesus and the ancestors. When I say the ancestors, those are, you know, my ancestors are, my mother's now one of them. My brother's one of those, right? So I had to do all of that because I was uh, very, at this point, I'm very annoyed. You're out of line. But I also knew in that moment, I'm at HEB in Myerland. So if I, you know, I don't know, if, if I allow this to escalate and then they have to call somebody in to help, it's probably going to be the Bel Air police. They already not real fond of or they don't really handle us. And I say us black people, I'm just going to be honest, if you're not from the Houston area real well. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going down like that. Let me just let her make it. Let me check out. I did a little bit of my yoga breathing, Pam. I did that. But I, I, I had to make a decision in the moment. And I did that because I knew the outcome. It doesn't matter that she's wrong. It doesn't matter that all these people see that she's wrong. She was going to be the victim. Because what we know is she's going to start crying and I was going to somehow be the villain and it was going to be a problem. And I didn't want any part of that. So she went on about her business. She went on and she left. I finished my transaction. I left. The, the woman from HEB, the person working there, a uh, young woman was apologetic. And I said, it's not your fault, but I appreciate it. No reason, no need for you to apologize. You didn't do anything. And I wept, walked a little further and there was another HEB attendant and she said, um, it was a, another black woman. And she said, yeah, you're better than me. I probably would have lost my job today. I said, oh no, well, we don't want that. She said, because they always antagonize us. And this, let me, if I'm not, if I've not been clear, the woman who was acting out was a white woman. Okay. She said, they always antagonize us. And then they're the victim and then we're the villain. And I said, listen, I just, you know, I, I had to call on, I, 
for me. I don't know who y'all call, but I had to not just take a breath and count to 10, which is what I often tell clients before they say, make a response to something. I had to not just breathe and count. I had to really count, call on Jesus and the ancestors. That's what I did because that's what worked for me. It was a choice, right? And so I laugh about it, laughed about it later, but it's those little bitty moments that can turn and escalate into something way out of control. And then although maybe perhaps ultimately it would be known that she was the instigator and the problem, but what would it take for me to get to that place, right? So just let her make it, let her act out and not be drawn into it. I'm not saying it's easy, y'all. It was not. I was annoyed. And I think in light of it, and I give that example because one of the things that's happening with all of this legislation that's being rolled back, that's trying to say to some of us that you don't count, that your personhood doesn't matter, it's making some others feel emboldened and they buying into it, right? So I'm going to say, don't allow it to get you. Know it's out there. That's my whole point of it. It's out there. Be aware of it. Don't be paranoid about it, but just be prepared. And, you know, whatever it is that you have to do to keep you centered and not get drawn into some of those situations or conversations or, or episodes, I'm just saying, let's prepare and do that. Hey, good morning, Grand Rising, my friend. Good morning, Coach Lee. It's good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. So that's my little communication piece, right? Um, be respectful of other people's space and their time. If you're doing business, if you make an appointment, keep it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. And, you know, like I'm a person that will pick up the phone and call. But if you don't want to call, if something comes up and you can't make this appointment that you've created, especially when it's you who wanted it, shoot them a text. I mean, a smoke signal, whatever you do to communicate, to say, hey, listen, I, even if it's just I changed my mind, that's respectful and it's courteous. And I'd like for us to make sure that we're doing that. Even if you're like, well, people want that way to meet Kim. It's not about that. We set the example, right? And so we live and put into the atmosphere in the universe how we want to be treated, you know, what we know is the right thing to do, and we can't control the other people. So I'm just encouraging you, if you're part of the Chalk Talk family, to do your part, right? To operate in a way that you can be proud of because it will follow you, to communicate in a way that's going to serve you and what you're trying to accomplish, whether it's with your children, you know, your, your, your spouse or your partner, um, and your personal partner, your business partner, a vendor, a client, a supplier, do it with, you know, do it with consideration and with professional courtesy because we are in a space now where we just, there's not as much of that as there needs to be. And so as I say, let us be the change, right? Let us be the ones who are showing that because I think people believe what they see and if they see more of it, perhaps more of it will exist. But it's so easy to get caught up in a, this person cut me off on the freeway, how dare you? You know, it's dangerous, right? It's so easy to get caught up in this crazy lady in the grocery store is yelling at me, losing her mind. And she's trying to, she is trying to provoke me, which is what she was trying to do. Let her make it, right? She doesn't get the power to provoke me because I get to decide whether I'm going to become provoked by this nonsense. And so those are just some things I wanted to share because I've experienced it and I've been seeing it and I've seen it rise 
and we just got to be prepared for it. And so I'm encouraging you to do that and, and to share that with the people in your world, right? In your network, in your community, because it's really all about who we are in community with. And so that is what we could do. Um, hey, John Williams, it's good to see you, my friend. Welcome, welcome. It's good to see you. Uh, always good to see you. And so how we show up and what we how we respond is really on us. And that's what we can control. All right, I'm going to let you guys hear an interview I did with Reggie Jackson, the great Reggie Jackson, baseball Reggie Jackson, um, before the World Series. And I don't remember which game it was, but it's still re relevant today. And so Reggie Jackson does some work with the Houston Astros. He is the uh, special assistant to the owner, Jim Crane. And so here is Reggie Jackson having a little chit chat with me before one of the Astros games. You see that they have the maturity and calmness and relaxation. It's because they've had, a, had success before. And there's no angst in these guys. Altuve and Correa in the middle and Bregman and Williams. Um, and, um, and, and you can, I can watch McCormick and see him pick up the same calming ways in the same comfort level of being in this position of pressure so it's they're breeding it you know and all that stuff really comes from the leader of the pack right the leader of the pack is jim crane he's calm he's got no angst he's about fairness he's about truth he's about toughness he's about being there when it counts you know he's he's, he's an oak one other thing, can you tell me how much has the game changed since you played? Or has it? It's, it's, it's so different. Uh, and, and the money has a lot to do with it. The analytics has a lot to do with it. Some of the arts of the game, some of the specialties in the game, I, I don't see the guys now not being able to go seven, eight innings, don't time the run, don't time the lineup over two, three times. The greatness for some of the players is going to go away because they're not asked. The demand on them isn't as great. To be great, you need a demand of having to be successful. So the fact that Correa and Altuve and Bregman and are able, McCormick are able to get into the game and have the same grind of trying to be successful, rather than just a mess effort, you lose the art of uh, the art of being a great player. Is So that was Reggie Jackson. And so that was obviously two years ago because he mentioned Correa, but it was, I played it because the things he talked about are still really relevant today, right? He talked about how the game has changed and how, you know, back in his day, and I will venture to say even beyond his day, early when I started covering sports, pitchers were expected to go eight innings, you know, maybe not always a complete game, but now it's considered a heck of a day 
if you get seven from a pitcher. You got to get at least five. But if you get seven, that's really what the expectation is today. But like what Reggie said in his day, you know, you expected the pitcher to go eight innings or maybe nine, but you didn't expect, you know, uh, a four inning or five inning outing was a rarity. And just in terms of how, how the game is played, but he talked about what makes the Astros so good, you know, and there's some things that <clears throat> I'm not a fan of with the Astros on the other side, not from what they do on the field. I have no qualm what they're doing in terms of, um, you know, fielding players, uh, obviously how Dusty is managing. And so that part of the operation, I think they're doing a great job. And so that is what Reggie was speaking to. It starts at the top of Jim Crane. Um, and now there's Dana Brown, who is the general manager. And so this year they are really being more and more tested because of injuries, right? And, and not having some, not having players um, really available. And so it really tests what you do in terms of how do we, what do we do personnel wise? You know, what do we do there? And in terms of Dusty um, managing this team, hey, thanks so much, Joe. And that's why I get a little annoyed when I hear people, not just fans, because I, I don't expect fans to know as much about the inner workings and what it takes to do the work of a manager, to manage a team, right? To coach a basketball team, to coach a you're a fan. And, and so you may be a, an informed fan and you can know a lot, but there's so much more that they don't know. But when I hear that people in the media buy into these narratives, it's really kind of annoying, you know, about Dusty and he doesn't like a player because he, he didn't want a trade to happen two years ago. So because you have that kind of a petty spirit and I'm going to call it what it is, that's petty. You've decided that that's who Dusty Baker is as a man? Because now you're talking about who he is as a man. That has nothing to do with being a manager. If a, if a deal was made, a trade was made that he didn't like, you think he's holding on to it for two years and that's why he doesn't like a player? That's insanity. Dusty Baker doesn't get to where he is. He doesn't get to have the longevity he has if he has these petty tactics in terms of how he approaches the game. Now, listen, I have covered some leaders, coaches who are petty. Bill O'Brien, he was petty, y'all. He was petty. And it affected what he did as a general manager and ultimately a coach because he was petty. So I've seen it, right? I have seen it. That's not who Dusty Baker is. That's just one example I'll give. There've been many over the years, but I just wanted to share that. Um, I think it's spot on what, what uh, Reggie Jackson said. And, and one of the things that have, has been helpful to me in my career is that I've had a chance to talk with greats like a Reggie Jackson, or a few weeks ago, I had a chance to talk with John Wooten, you know, a man who is uh, really, I, I call him an NFL icon. He has been instrumental in moving some things forward for African-Americans in the National Football League. He was, he played, but then he was a scout for the Cowboys. He was um, instrumental in player development and in moving the scouting career forward and, and creating some opportunities for African-Americans and front office opportunities and, and was instrumental in the work of the, the you know, 
the creation of the Rooney Rule, although the owners are not really buying, are not really operating with the spirit that it was created. And so I'm going to replay that interview again because it was just really good. You know, John Wooten is a man with so much history and knowledge. And he's, although he's air quote retired, and I do air quote, he's still doing so much of the work. I saw him at the Super Bowl. He's still trying to connect people, you know, guys that are have been coaching for years. And, you know, when the head coach gets fired, they tend to fire staff. And so the, the assistants then have to kind of fend for themselves, especially if that coach doesn't get another job. And so he's always trying to connect people that he know, that people that he know, and people that he knows rather, and he knows they have talent, he's still doing that. So he is still advocating and doing the work. Now he is a finalist to be in the football hall of fame. And so hopefully he can get enough votes. The challenge for a guy like Mr. Wooten is that he is in the contributor category, which means he will go up against former coaches and general managers who have a lot more, um, exposure to media and notoriety in terms of to the people who actually vote, you know? So um, I'm like, Mr. Wooten, anytime you want to come on a Chalk Talk, you have a place here because he is just doing some great work. Um, so listen, I, I'm i not going to play the Dr. Ian interview because that'll take us way over. I'll play it later. I may just pop it on another a different day this week. I thought it was really insightful and really helpful as he talked about figuring out how you should eat and what you should eat and finding the right program for you and how we really should not be, I'll give you these little cliff notes, eliminating any one, any one uh, food group because we need them all, any one macro. You need proteins, you need fats, you need carbs, and you need your body to be able to metabolize all of them. And if you take one out completely, then it your body doesn't get the exercise of metabolizing it. And so whenever you bring it back, there's a problem, right? Which is a whole kind of diet thing. So I'm going to share that. He's just a wealth of information. It was a fun interview and I'm going to play that again. So for those of you who missed it, um, you don't have to go look for it. It's always on my YouTube page. And if you're not subscribed to my YouTube page, please do that. Um, and ask your friends to subscribe as well. So you can still be engaged live, which I love it when you guys are here live because we get to interact. I will respond to you after the show. If you, if you if I go back and check and you watch the replay and you drop a message, I will check it out. But go ahead and um, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. It's, it's uh, Chalk Talk with Kim. Um, and you'll know because you'll see me. <laughs> and that way you'll get notified of when we're going live and when there's something new for you to check out. So listen, as always, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being a part of the Chalk Talk tribe. I am working on uh, doing something for training camp, a special. I, I hope that I can do it. Um, if I get it sponsored, I will do a training camp special on the Houston Texans. Camp starts in what, two weeks? It starts on the 26th of July. So we are about uh, two weeks away from training camp. Absolutely. I think it's two weeks from tomorrow. So training camp will be going on for you know a little about a month. And then it'll be preseason. And then it'll be the season before you know it. And then about, I don't know, a month later, it'll be rockets going to training camp. So from this time on, it doesn't slow down. Um, so listen, drop me a note. You can always reach me at Kim at KimYDavis.com or wherever you're watching the show, you can inbox me or send me a note. 
uh, let me hear from you. You know, if there's somebody that you like to see, like, you know what, Kim, I'm interested in this topic or this person, drop me a note and we'll, uh, I'll work to get them on Chalk Talk so that we can we can hear from them and see what they've got to talk about. Uh, and if you know, listen, if you know someone who may be interested in sponsoring Chalk Talk, let me know that too. Because as I'm growing the tribe, I'm also trying to grow the 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 business side of the of Chalk Talk, which allows us to do more things like a special from training camp or Chalk Talk events. Drop me a note if you know someone who may have a business or may be interested in, in being a, a partner with Chalk Talk and the work that we do. That would be awesome. And so I just wanted to, I've never really say that, but I should say it here because you guys are the ones that like Chalk Talk because you're paying attention, you're watching. Thank you, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Uh, it's 7-11, whatever that means, you know, 7-11-23. And then of course, in two days, it'll be 7-13. So for those in Houston, that's a big deal because that's the main area code in the city. Um, and listen, before long, we're going to talk about what's happening with HISD. Uh, I'll get that in on a, on a future show because I've got some thoughts about that, right? And while I don't have any children in HISD, I'm very concerned about the kids who go to HISD and I am a taxpayer. So I get to have a thought. All right. All right. Listen, make it a great, great week, everybody. Make sure that you get registered, be informed, right? Make sure you do that. Make sure that you practice your yourself, whatever you got to do to have yourself, you know, geared up and ready for the craziness that's in the streets. Cause there's some craziness y'all be prepared, be safe, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Remember, do something kind for yourself and do something kind for somebody else. I appreciate you guys. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of Chalk Talk. Peace. <laughs>